Welcome to the Downhouse podcast, where you can learn more about Downhouse School. Whether you're new to the community or an old friend, we'll be delving deeper, sharing stories and finding out what it really means to be a pupil at Downhouse. In our second series, we'll be talking to the pupils themselves. And in this episode, our host, Simon Jones, talks to Matilda and Sophie in our upper sixth about the importance of being outward looking, one of the characteristics in our DNA. Matilda and Sophie, welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you both doing today? Really good, thank you. It's been a, it's been a good day. Almost Christmas, almost out of time. So exciting. Yeah. And Sophie, how about you? Uh, first day of opening Advent calendar, which was really exciting. And, you know, history and politics with my favourite teacher, Mr Lane. So, yeah, really enjoying it. So, yeah, yeah. Excellent. And tell me about your Advent calendar. Is it a chocolate one? How does it work? Yeah, it's a chocolate lint advent calendar. It's kind of like my first grown-up advent calendar because usually I get the ones with, like, you know, little chocolate reindeer and things like that. But this one's just, you know, like little chocolate balls and bars. So it's my adult advent calendar, I think. Yeah. An adult advent calendar. I like this. Sophie, that's excellent. Matilda, have you got an advent calendar as well? I do, I do. It's very exciting. It's one of those, like, big box ones, and it's, like, little, um, like, skincare and makeup. It's, it's very fancy. I love this. Skincare, makeup and lint chocolate. That's not what I'm used to with an advent calendar. Okay, so we're going to be looking at various things in this podcast episode, but in particular about being outward looking. But first of all, I wonder if each of you could just give us a little background as to what you're doing here, what A-levels you're doing. And Sophie, I'm picking up a, 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 an interesting accent with you, so it'd be great to understand a little bit about where you're from. Sophie, do you want to go first? So firstly, my A-levels are history, politics and English, and I did do an EBQ in history, so I'm very proud of that. My accent, though, is a very weird accent because my entire family has an English accent. It's just I went to international school in Hong Kong and Singapore, so I've kind of picked up a mixture of accents that slides in between English and American from time to time. But yeah, that's kind of where where it's from. It's very weird, I understand, but yeah. Well, I wouldn't call it weird. I'd, I'd call it interesting and, and, a, and a great accent to have. Matilda, how about you? What A-levels are you doing? So I do RS, politics, English and Spanish, which is a fun, fun combination. <laughs> Gets the best of me sometimes, but I enjoy them. And what made you choose those ones then? Honestly, OK, this probably isn't the answer I should give, but it is the truth. I just didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do languages. I'm such a languages person. And then I got to do A-levels and I was doing French and Spanish at the start. And I was like, I, I hate doing languages. I, I despise them. So I'd swapped kind of like in a in a moment of faith. I just I just jumped the pond to uh, English. And that was probably the best decision I've made in, in my entire two years here. So yeah, they're really fun, really fun subjects. And so which of those A-levels is your favourite one right now then? English, probably. Always English. <laughs> I had a feeling you might say that. And Sophie, which is your favourite A-level right now? Uh, definitely history. I think history is my favourite subject and has been since I was about, like, seven. So I, I just love it. It's so interesting to me, but yeah. And what period of history do you enjoy studying the most then? Kind of the Renaissance Tudors period. I just love everything about it, specifically, like, the art and culture and the fashions. I really, really like art, and so it just kind of was like the perfect period of me to study, like socially and culturally as well as artistically, so yeah. Excellent, okay. So I wonder if each of you then could tell me what it means to you to be outward-looking and why you feel like that might be important. 
Yeah, so outward looking is obviously a very key characteristic of Downhouse. We emphasize it a lot. We have a global community with our parents and with the girls that come here. So, you know, it's impossible to be a Downhouse and not kind of have like an awareness of the outside world and specifically other cultures. And I think that's something that we emphasize quite a lot, very proud of. In my position as head global ambassador, I have the opportunity to organize kind of global festivals which we celebrate throughout the school. So we've been celebrating Nigerian Independence Day or like, the German Carnival. Lots of really fun, really fun stuff. And it's just really great, you know, even though we're in a tiny village in, in Berkshire, <laughs> you get to experience kind of stuff from all across the world. And I love how much effort everyone puts into it, especially the uh, catering team. They always make sure to do a menu with like regional food that day. Outward looking is, is very important, very, very important here. Tell me a little bit about the Global Ambassador Programme. I mean, you, you mentioned that you're head Global Ambassador. Mm-hmm. Some of the parents listening to this, some of the community in the school, they, they might not know what the what that programme is. Yeah. Just tell us in a snapshot what it's all about. Yeah, so my job is basically, and I've got a team of other Global Ambassadors, but my job is basically just to kind of organise the global aspect of Downhouse and obviously had it not been for COVID, that it would have involved the exchange programme as well, but that's kind of been ground to a halt for the past few years. But we're looking at getting that up and running again. Um, so I just organised, you know, the exchanges, um, the, the events, the festivals, and I really just, like, we have, like, a news bulletin in assembly, which we, like, just tell the girls about global news to really support in their experiences. Sophie, how about you? What does it mean to you to be outward-looking? A lot about what it means to be outward-looking is just to not kind of contain yourself to I guess our small village in Berkshire and just you know always look for opportunities outside I mean both me and Matilda have done it a lot with just trying to find kind of ways that we can show that we're not stuck here we're not in a bubble we're we're very much aware of what's going on outside you know whether that's doing our politics classes where we talk about politics constantly not necessarily just in the UK but in America and other parts of the world as well I think just being outward looking is you know, being able to see everything that's going on out of your position in the world and being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes. So, yeah. And you're a global ambassador as well, are you? No, I'm not a global ambassador, but I was an international school, not an international school. I was an international kid at Downhouse for about a year and a bit. So I'm very much aware of this whole kind of like need for a global community because, you know, you do have to kind of stick together with the girls you kind of knew. Because uh, I, when I came into Down in 4, I was very lucky to come into Down with a girl who I had gone to school with prior to here. But in Hong Kong, and we kind of stuck together because we had all these memories. And we had and almost any girl that I know from Hong Kong now, we can kind of bond around the fact that we've gone from Hong Kong to here. And it's been a bit of a change and it's a bit of a culture shock sometime. But it's just nice to have so many people that you can relate to but also that differ from you in so like subtle ways I suppose but you know ultimately you have the same experience in some ways and it's just really nice yeah. That's really good to hear it's really encouraging. Now I believe that you've both been involved in the Global Exchange Programme as well. Matilda tell us about what your involvement has been in that and and your experience of it. Yeah, so I was really lucky actually to, I went on two exchanges, I was supposed to go on three, but COVID got got the rest of the third one. So I went to Germany and I went to India. And honestly, I have to say India was probably one of the most kind of like life changing experiences I've had through Downhouse. It was just a fantastic, fantastic opportunity. I was there for two weeks in my upper fifth year. And it was like, it was, it was, it was just perfect. I lived with the family for a week. We went around, saw the Taj Mahal, saw Delhi, and saw lots of holy sites because they lived um, in the north of India near the Himalayas. So it was just 
beautiful, beautiful scenery. And then I spent a week at the school. And wow, I mean, when Sophie was talking about culture shock, I got culture shock at the school. <laughs> it was it, it was insane because obviously from Dan House, it's a, like a four person, two person, one person dorm. There was 16 girls in one room, which was pretty insane. And they got up every morning at five o'clock to do um, it's like sports of some kind, which I tragically you know managed to miss every every single day I was there but they were such a welcoming kind of like school and just a really beautiful like grounds and they were in this town of Derridan but they had a really like enclosed kind of community with like loads of trees it's really beautiful really really beautiful and just like the way that they did things there it was like very very different it was very intense like their education wise I did, could not follow but they were just so welcoming and open and it really made me feel kind of like connected with India and especially these girls who had just been nice to me for like literally no reason I I loved it I loved every second of it yeah it's really good to hear your excitement it sounds like because we're here in Willis House it sounds like there are people outside the door that are quite excited about (laughs) this as well Sophie tell us something else so I went to South Africa and I weirdly had a kind of different experience to you in I had a culture shock but in the way of to us, sometimes I feel like downhouse can be a lot, especially because we do so much and we have quite like long day, but we have quite a lot of breaks in between. So I went to South Africa and I, you know, I'm used to kind of getting up at like seven, working until six and, you know, doing that stuff. And I went there and, you know, you could eat in lessons. It ended at 2.10. I didn't have to tuck my shirt in, you know, and it was really laid back and nobody really cared what you were doing. And, you know, I just kind of I didn't even do sports there because I just kind of accidentally missed the lessons. <laughs> and it was it was so much fun. And I like lived with the family. It was a day school. So I lived with the family and it was just really, really nice getting to see kind of like difference in kind of like family relationships kind of across the world because they're very close-knit there, you know. Sometimes, especially with boarding school, you know, sometimes we don't always get to see our parents, but it was quite nice getting to, like, see people you knew who, like, you were really close with every day and kind of, like, forming a new familial relationship with people was really, really nice. And, yeah, and we went to see, like, a lot of these, like, crazy sites. So we went to see the Cradle of Humankind, which is where they've discovered the oldest remains of humans ever. And I love history, so obviously. (laughs) It was, like, the most amazing experience to me. I kind of went berserk and just was like, oh, my God. (laughs) And it was really, really great. But, yeah, I, I think my time in South Africa is probably one of the fondest memories I have. And even though I was only there for a month, I have memories to last me a lifetime from that, you know, single journey, which is really nice. Yeah. So India and South Africa, I mean, they are both very different places to the UK, especially India. Were either of you, you know, apprehensive before you went out? Or to put it in a more positive way, did it require an element of courage? Yeah, I think... I think it did, actually, if I'm being completely honest with myself. You know, I went when I was, like, 16, so I'm big and strong. You know, I, 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 don't, need, I don't need courage, but I, I did. And, I, obviously, I've travelled quite a lot with my family, luckily, and travelled alone a few times before that. But India was, like, you know, a completely new country, knew no one there, had no family there, had never even really been there. Honestly, I couldn't really have located it on a map, which is a bit embarrassing, but I'm past that now. <laughs> but I went with a girl from Downhouse, Honor, and... So that reassured me quite a bit. There's someone I knew a familiar face, although we were separated for the first week that we were there. Yeah, I definitely took courage, but it's interesting because I was very nervous and obviously not everything went to plan. We had a bit of a fiasco the last day we were there because we had to get from 
the, where the school was, which was very, very remote, in this tiny, tiny regional airport at 5 o'clock in the morning for our flight to Delhi. And we got there like three hours before our flight, not a single person in the airport, and we're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And it was all fine in the end, but we only got there onto the plane with like 20 minutes to spare because was a, it, was, it was a bit of a holdup because they were like, what, who are you? <laughs> but it was really funny. And, you know, I look back on it with really fond memories and it gave me so much more confidence in my own abilities and my abilities like to travel and handle a crisis and just like stay as calm as, as possible throughout the whole thing. So yeah, it took courage, but it gave me so much more back. Sophie, tell me one way in which it changed your outlook on the world from being somewhere like South Africa. I mean, for me, I have traveled a lot and similar to Matilda and I traveled a lot alone so I wasn't too apprehensive of going and I was actually really really excited I remember just thinking oh my god oh my god oh my god I'm so excited but the one way that like I just remember like coming back I just gained so much confidence in who I was as a person and like you know the fact that I didn't really need to change for anybody because I hadn't changed my personality when I got to South Africa and I hadn't changed who I was as a person and, and I still made friends and I still, you know, gained really like good connections with people and I think that just kind of affirmed myself and who I was as a person and I think that's kind of a priceless thing to gain from a trip, you know, if you kind of gain self-confidence and self-worth, I think that's really nice, especially because I was... 14 so I was kind of at that age of just like uh, do people like me <laughs> um so yeah it was really nice and I kind of came back with like a completely new view of like how I viewed myself and how I viewed other people which was really really nice yeah to gain a kind of that younger mm-hmm. age so yeah yeah Sophie that's really good to hear Matilda how about you tell me one way in which your view of the world was changed through being outward looking by being as part of that program Yeah, well, it's interesting you say that, actually, because I had kind of like a moment when I was over there. We were in an English lesson, and we were studying Shakespeare's The Tempest, which is an interesting text. I did it ages ago, but I hadn't revisited it in recent years. And it was really interesting because the teacher, she was this really, really lovely woman, and she started talking about, like, understanding Shakespeare's The Tempest from a colonial perspective, and that made me realise, like, oh, wow, like... Yeah, I hadn't even considered that, but I'm literally, like, in India, and the reason why they're all learning in English is not because, like, of some fun coincidence, but it's because of, like, literally colonisation. And I think it just made me realise how how things kind of, like... It sounds so conceited when I look back on it, but I just didn't really realise how, like, historical events have continuing impacts this day. And it just made me realise the kind of, like long-lasting effects of things that still pervade to this day and like poverty and inequality and it's just like it was a really eye-opening experience and I think it's allowed me to really broaden my understanding and that's something I've tried to bring to my role of head global ambassador is when we talk about the news I'm not just I don't just want to tell the girls a news story about something that's happening in like Kazakhstan I want to like contextualize the story like what are the long long lasting you know causes for this and why is it happening the religious the cultural the social issues behind it it's not just like a BBC headline it's a it's a history of people and that was my big kind of revelation that you know everything is just so interwoven and so interconnected and it's wrong to like isolate that yeah 
I kind of had a very similar thing uh, when I was in South Africa, obviously, because, you know, they're very much still dealing with the effects of apartheid and issues like that and racism and things like that. But it was, we went on camp for one week there. And during that time, we kind of hiked around this mountain area and everybody was talking about this mountain area like it was really amazing. And me and my exchange partner couldn't really figure out what, what this mountain area was because we, we didn't know and we asked. And it was a place where the British had fought Shaka Zulu. And they had kind of like the remains of like the the walls that had been there and they were like sitting on them and talking about them. And it was just really like strange to me because it was like those that one time where I realized this was something that was so kind of a part of their history mm. and a part of the identity of South Africa that, you know, but it wasn't something that me and Early had ever kind of taught or uh, been taught or learned about. And so it was really nice getting to the kind of see the identity of a country and how it forms different people. I think that's something that's, you know, everybody has their identity formed by who they were and who they grew up with and the place that they grew up with. And it was, like, nice to see that kind of in real life, just, like, literally in front of your eyes, like, oh, wow. You know, it really does affect someone (laughs) so much, you know. Yeah, it was really nice. Tell me something about Downhouse Radio. For anyone who's listening to this and they may have heard of heard that it exists but they don't know anything about it. Matilda, can you fill us in? Yeah, so Downhouse Radio is this really cool student-led radio which was started by a group of AGS girls firstly over lockdown just to you know keep everyone's spirits up and keep the school connected in some way when it was only really a very arbitrary connection through a team school and it's basically kind of continued because it's just so popular and Audrey, she's the girl who runs it, is the mastermind of everything. She just invites kind of different girls on every week to talk about a designated topic and it's kind of used as a forum for announcements or discussion or lots of music obviously to keep people engaged it's just a really great very casual kind of form of media we have in and amongst the students but also the the teachers they get involved too it just helps bring the school together and it's just really fun to like you know participate in I've gone on a few times to listen to in the evening I I love it so it's really good and the subject of this podcast episode today is being outward looking in what way does Downhouse Radio help in that particular characteristic yeah, I mean, a lot of, like, a wide variety of girls are brought on, so from the removes all the way to the upper six, so I guess it's it, it's it's outward-looking in that sense because we get so many different perspectives. But I think also it's outward-looking in the sense that it's used first and foremost as a way to kind of establish relationships within the school between the students and that stay for life. You know, you get on, you're on the radio, you have a really good conversation with someone and you're talked about them in person and it's really good and it's also outward looking in the sense that we promote quite a lot of global activities on there global festivals and really just like again deep dive into like the the meaning behind these festivals the culture the practices it's a really nice way to connect with everyone yeah awesome that's really good to hear and Sophie quick question for you we've been looking over the past few weeks on this podcast at the various different characteristics this downhouse DNA this one, of course, being outward looking. Do you think it's helpful having these characteristics as part of school life? I think, yes, they're really like kind of helpful, especially especially for kind of everyone, because it's just a way of like looking to see. It's a way to emulate something, I suppose, especially when you're younger, because I do work with the younger girls. I go into the lower school houses quite often and I talk to these girls and they're still trying to figure out who they are as people. And I think to have these characteristics like outward looking it kind of gives them you know a word uh, like a thing that they can be and you know there's nothing bad about being outward looking you you can't be a bad outward looker and so just being able to see these characteristics and see kind of the the 
the person they should be emulating, the person they should become effectively, you know, someone who's nice and cares about other people and, you know, genuinely wants to, you know, see the world get better. I think there's no bad way of doing that. And so I think it's just really helpful and it kind of just reminds us of who we are as downhouse girls. And I think that's the most important thing about the characteristics that they they are who we are effectively. So yeah, mm. yeah, they create our core kind of principles, yeah. Well, that's really good to hear, both of you. And we need to bring this episode to a close now, but I just wanted to say thank you for your time. I should free you up to go and study probably, <laughs> I imagine this evening. But thank you both for being here and thanks for sharing your experience of what it's like to be outward looking here at Downhouse. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been great. It's my favourite part of Downhouse, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it was really fun just chatting to you and getting to talk about our experiences and who we were and who we are. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, thanks. So that was Matilda and Sophie talking all about being outward looking, the Global Exchange Programme and Downhouse Radio. Thank you both of you for coming on to this episode of The School Podcast. If you have any questions following anything you've heard, then do feel free to contact the school directly. You can visit downhouse.net to find out more. Now, that was the final episode of this series, but do join us for series three next term when we'll be talking to the alumni of Downhouse School. But thank you for listening to this episode. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.